Bellissimo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. It's your favorite person, Serena. Serena! <laughs> Good morning. Hope you're having a great start to the weekend. I've got a massive Bellissimo Files on the way. If you are a fan of Steve Carell, well, you're not going to want to go anywhere because he's going to be on the show talking all about his new film, Minions, The Rise of Gru, and we'll find out what he really wanted to be when he was growing up. If you're a fan of uh, Prime Video's The Summer I Turned Pretty, you're not going to want to go anywhere either because I'm going to be catching up with the showrunner and writer of the series, Jenny Han. Find out what's in store for season two. Wild Youths, Connor, is going to be talking about Wild Youths Eurovision Dreams. Yeah, you heard right. And up next, I'll be introducing you to our one to watch, Emma Edel. So let's get straight into it. Let's kick off the show with the absolutely fabulous Lizzo. This is about damn time. You're listening to the Listen My Files on Spin with me, Serena. This week's One to Watch grew up in a musical household. She played piano from a young age and at 15 she started writing songs as an outlet. She has just released her latest single, I Reckon Something. It's Emma Edel. Emma Edel, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Serena. I'm so delighted to be on your show. Congrats on the new single. You've said that this one is a little different to my previous releases. How? I suppose a lot of my songs have been more, I suppose, really more pop, whereas like this is still pop, but it's a little bit more about like, I suppose, a different type of song. It's about kind of trying to pursue something and your self-doubt getting in the way. And I suppose trying so many different things at the same time that you feel like you're getting nowhere. So lyrically, I guess it's a little bit different to the last few songs. Talking about self-doubt, there's a lot of it um, in our lives, especially in this industry. How do you push past it? How do you, like, I'm sure even up until release date, you're sitting there going, I'm really excited. I hope people like it. How do you push past that and just go, I'm putting it out there and I'm doing this? Yeah, there definitely is a lot of that. And I think anyone that's releasing any type of music or art, you do, you wonder, is it just going to go into the abyss? Is anyone going to listen to it? But I suppose with this song, especially, I feel really connected to it. And I think a lot of people in their any age really kind of go through that feeling of, you know, you really want to do something or you really want something in your life, but you feel like there's always barriers or there's obstacles so I feel like people will hopefully relate to it but yeah it's it's hard sometimes I do feel like oh god no one's going to hear this song no one's going to listen to the song but when you love something you kind of feel like you just have to push past that and just keep doing it anyway yeah you started writing music at 15 as an outlet what was it about music for you I guess just I've always loved music I've always been singing or playing piano but I then at 15 I guess you know you're a teenager going through all these new things and I just I used to write a lot of poems when I was younger and then I just kind of one day sat at the piano and tried to write while I was playing chords and I don't know I got a buzz from it I was like oh this makes me feel good this makes me feel better so I just kind of continued on and I wasn't very good I was really bad to be honest <laughs> awful I think I actually named that I named the first song I wrote song one which is like says it all really to be honest very profound 15 year old Emery Dell was very profound um, how do you go though from this is a, an outlet for me to, oh, I'm really going to give this a go. I think this is something that I could could make a career out of. To be honest, I just have never thought of anything other than music or something in the arts. Um, but I guess, I, like, when I listen to songwriters, like, there's people I listen to that they literally have got me through things or, you know, I can really connect with them. I think the thing about music and songs is just it's just special isn't it and like I just feel like if I can try and do that like for the rest of my life I'd just be the happiest person and um, obviously you know it'll take time but I'll keep at it for now anyway. <laughs> is one of your happiest places on the stage? Yeah there's just a different buzz I mean I did a gig straight after lockdown I was supporting Lyra in the INEC and I like the buzz I got from that I the next day you know you're like oh I just want to do that again. You're like sad almost. But yeah, it's a different feeling. How did that happen? Like opening for Lyra, that's massive. Yeah, I was really, really grateful. It it happened really 
like I suppose out of the blue and um, I look up to her so much she's amazing Irish artist and it was my first I thought time kind of gigging after releasing my music and and I did it acoustically but the room was so nice everyone was so supportive and I was just oh I enjoyed it so much (laughs) so what are the plans for the summer and beyond and beyond well I have another single uh, recorded ready to release as well so I'm going to get that out during the summer and hopefully do some gigs um, and just keep writing Um, I'm actually in London for a few weeks and so hopefully do some music over here as well brilliant well Emma Edel if people want to follow you find out what you're up to what are your social handles so I'm Emma.Edel on Instagram and TikTok and then Emma Edel Music on Facebook and Twitter well Emma Edel good luck with all of that thank you so much for having me on Serena you're so good thank you before I let you go will you introduce a new track for us absolutely so my name is Emma Edel and this is my new track I Reckon Something on the Blissimo Files I reckon something I reckon we could just have it all I reckon something We got a Billy Three, two, one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On Spin. Spin 103.8, Ariana Grande positions. Steve Carell, he's an Oscar and Emmy nominee. I actually can't believe he's never won an Emmy or an Oscar. But anyway, I'm sure that will be fixed sometime in his career. He starred in TV shows like The Office and The Morning Show and, of course, classic films like Anchorman, 40-Year-Old Virgin and was amazing in Foxcatcher. Well, he's back now as our favourite villain, Gru, in Minions, The Rise of Gru. In this, Gru is 11 and three quarters and we see the start to his love of supervillains and wanting to be a supervillain. Can I just say, Steve Carell is far from a supervillain. He has to be one of the most genuine, nicest, down-to-earth people I've ever met. Steve, when you get that call going, hey, Steve, we want you to be Gru again. What goes through your mind? Yes. Yeah? Here we go. What's yeah, what? I love that it's a character that's so funny and fun and silly And at this point, after all of these movies, you've seen a lot more about him and a lot of different angles, a lot of different facets of who this guy is. And he becomes more, I mean, and for an animated character, you don't get a chance to kind of develop a character. And it's been fun to do that over the past several years. And you don't usually get to go back in time when you're no. playing a character. So no. How did, how did it feel actually being able to play him as a kid? Because usually you'd be recast. It was exa- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm glad that they let me just uh, like <laughs> make my voice a little more earnest and make it a little higher and yeah. um, and try to sell it that way. Yeah, it was great. It was because we're at a point in the series now where you can look back and that can inform things that then happen in the future because at this point he's an 11 year old he's an aspiring villain he (laughs) wants to get his gang together he wants to be part of a villainous gang he's just he wants to be a part of something i think a lot of kids that age just want to feel like they're a part of something and so i think in that way this movie is about finding your people finding your tribe finding where you fit in um and finding people that'll have your back and that you can, you know, that you can support. So there's a real, there's a real sweetness to this one. We're all still trying to do that now in our lives. Yeah. How yeah. do you do that in Hollywood where not everyone has your best interest at heart? Well, you know, I think you, you, you develop a radar yeah. for when something's genuine, something's not. I was just talking to someone earlier today because I think... Hollywood gets this sort of rap like that everyone's fake and everything's wrong and everybody's bad. But I've had more good experiences with people. Like I've met more nice people yeah. than not there. And I think the people who aren't, you just sort of avoid and not make a big thing out of it. There's career day at, at Corey's school and his teacher says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says, me? I want to be a supervillain. Right. When you're 11 three quarters, what did that Steve want to do? I wanted to. I wanted to be a sports star. I wanted. I played ice hockey, and so I thought, that's yeah. I'm going to do that professionally. 
like yeah, like every eleven <laughs> year old. Like yeah. you're gonna be a professional whatever. Yeah, but then you chose acting, right? So yeah. you probably said that to your family, like, yeah, whatever. And then when you turn around and go, actually I'm scrapping that idea. I'm gonna go to Hollywood. I well see I never thought that either. I Really? I thought, you know, I, I never it wasn't until after college that I decided to become an actor. Because that really, that felt more ridiculous to me than becoming a hockey player. Because, like, who, you know, that seemed, at least hockey, I knew I had an ability that I could strengthen. Acting is so nebulous. Like, are you good? Are you bad? Can you make it? Can you, you know, a lot of really great people don't make a living at it. And so, no, that was that was just sort of a lucky break for me. What do you love most about getting to act? Boy, that's an interesting question. It's always been fun. It's to create a character, to elicit something from an audience, whether it's making somebody laugh or making somebody feel something or fear something or think about something. You know, to be a storyteller or part of a, a storytelling process. You get to forever play make-believe. You're doing it again. Kind of, yeah. yeah. You're doing it again with Donald Gleason. Oh my and the patient, what yeah. can you tell us? Oh, he, well, for one, I love him. He's the best. It comes out at the end of August, I think August 30th, on FX or Hulu. And the short description, I'm a therapist. One of my patients kidnaps me, and he turns out to be a serial killer. And the reason he's kidnapped me is that I, he, he wants me to cure him of his impulse to kill people. Good to say you've gone really light with your next um, so, TV yeah. series. So, like, that's a great way to sell <laughs> Minions Rise of Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, such a pleasure to chat to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Likewise. Isn't he the nicest? You can check out Steve Carell, Voice Guru in the Minions, vo- the Rise of Guru in cinemas now. Let's go! Demolissimal Files. What to watch. What to watch. There's quite a few things that you could be watching this week. Where is that coming from? Oh, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> Dee is on the line now. Dee, how's it going? It's going very well. How are you, Serena? I just confused myself there. Sorry. Me and technology (laughs) sometimes do not get along well, but you're on the line there. There's a a few things to recommend this week. Let's start with Steve Carell. We all love Steve Carell. We were having a love fest during the week, weren't we, you and I? Oh my gosh, absolutely. He is just, oh, he is the soundest man ever. And just, oh, I'm, I'm obsessed. Like he's so talented and then just the loveliest person. So yeah, I'm so glad to see him doing um, all of these incredible projects. And yet he still goes back and he still gives us more grew, everything that we could want. Exactly. And if you missed Steve Carell, I aired an interview I had with him during the week. You can catch it back. It is up on our website now, spin1038.com. But Dee, what is going on in the rise of grew? Because I thought they ran out of minion stories to tell oh apparently not they're gonna <laughs> keep they're gonna keep going and milking this cow for all it's got so the minions are you're not cynical at all Deirdre Malumbi <laughs> the minions are back as is grew but um, he is a child now and he has an opportunity to join the vicious six who are a band of supervillains who he has looked up to all his life however the minions could either help or they could end up getting in the way. We'll have to watch the movie and see. Let's take a clip. I wonder what they do, Dee. <laughs> I see a bad crew arising. I see a villain on his way. <laughs> a clip there from Minions The Rise of Gru. Look. This character could be the most annoying character. These yellow little things shouldn't work. But we can't help but laugh every time they're on screen. Yeah, well, we wouldn't include me. (laughs) I find them so irritating, Serena, if I'm honest with you. And I absolutely adore animation as a genre, but I've always found the Minions very irritating. (laughs) I remember when Despicable Me came out, and I'm a huge fan of the character of Gru and those, like, adorable little kids. And I do love the franchise generally, but I remember thinking... God, those little yellow things are annoying. And then they got their own solo movie and now they have a second solo movie. So look, I think the minions are kind of love them or hate them. I personally don't really get the appeal or the humour, but clearly...
clearly I'm in the minority here because the first Minions movie is like one of the highest grossing animated movies of all time and it did so well that now we have a sequel we have more Minions so like I said I am in the minority clearly loads of people love the Minions um, I don't really get them but I think that kids and families are going to love this movie and if you love the Minions you just get loads of Minions so it's great you know You do and I took my mum to say this mum has never seen uh, a Minions movie in her life and I have to say there were so many butt uh, shots and any time there was a butt shot I'd turn around and look at my mum and she'd be cracking up laughing. Yeah. So it's it's such child toilet humour sometimes but it works. Did we need another one though Dee? I'm not sure if we need another one. <laughs> look, some people, like I said, can't get enough of the Minions. And look, like uh, there were some bits in this that I like genuinely laughed at. Uh, like you said, I think that it does have a nice balance between you get the really like kiddie-ish, silly jokes, but you have some kind of adult jokes in there as well. There are some references to, you know, James Bond and Kill Bill, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, Michelle Yeoh turns up, and I absolutely adore Michelle Yeoh. So if yeah. she's going to turn up in animated form, I am there. Um, <laughs> so, so look, did we need this movie? Movie. Maybe, maybe not, but it is it is great fun and I think that it is the probably gonna be the family movie of the summer. So by all means, if you like I said, like the minions, check it out. If you're like me, don't particularly enjoy them, you're probably gonna to to avoid it. Because yeah. it's a lot of minions. <laughs> it is a lot of minions. And just really quickly, the supervillains are great. I love the introduction. Yeah. And Alan Arkin as the supervillain who's been cast away, I thought he was brilliant. But what are you gonna give this out of five? Oh, I feel bad because I personally, I would, I would probably give it a two. But I mean, like I said, I'm the wrong person to watch this movie. I just don't like the minions. (laughs) Well, okay, here we go. It's two from D who cannot stand the minions. But um, from fans, I went with a couple of fans. They gave it about a three and a half. So there you go. That's fair. Yeah. So um, and don't go to it if you're not a fan. But if you are, go. It's a bit of fun. Let's move on to something completely different. Nitrum. What is this? Yeah, this is definitely not one you want to bring the kids to. Uh, very adult and themed, uh, very kind of bleak. Um, so it's actually based on um, th- this true story. So this man named uh, Martin Bryant, who was responsible for the 1996 uh, Port Arthur massacre in Australia. Um, it saw 35 people be killed and a further uh, 23 were injured. So essentially this story um, kind of imagines uh, what he was going through um Psychologically, we followed this young man who is very isolated. He's intellectually disabled as well. And he ends up striking this friendship with this uh, lonely heiress. And we follow his journey as he continues to mentally disintegrate as tragedy after tragedy um, kind of follows him. Let's take a clip. What exactly is going on here? Sorry, I don't know what you mean. He mows your lawn, you buy him a car. He mows it again, he moves in with you. What's next? Marriage? He needed a car. He doesn't have a license. I didn't know that. Yes, well, I guess you don't know everything. A clip there from Nitrum. Dee, I don't know if I could watch this. This is the worst um, massacre in Australian Mm -hmm. history. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could go anywhere near this. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a tough watch. Uh, like I said before, very bleak, very dark. Um, it comes from Justin Curzel, and if anybody is familiar with his work, he did Macbeth with Michael Fassbender, he did Snowtown, he did uh, True History of the Kelly Gang, which was out a couple of years ago. So he does tend to do these very dark movies, which you can't exactly call entertainment you know um they are tough watches i would say though it is a master class in acting i thought caleb landry jones who people might recognize from he was in x-men first class he was in get out as well he played that kind of creepy brother Mm -hmm. um he's fantastic in this i just think that he's getting better and better um across his career so i think that he's fantastic in this in the leading role essie davis and judy davis who aren't actually related but essie plays the heiress and judy plays um nitrum's mom in the film i thought that they were both absolutely fantastic as well so watch it for the performances and I suppose it's kind of a reflection um, you know at the end of the movie they're kind of explaining in, sub- in the uh, subtitles about like gun laws in Australia uh, nowadays and it kind of makes you think about all the terrible things that are going on in the states and everything um, at the moment so I suppose it is kind of it's quite a significant film in that regard as well as being an actor master 
acting masterclass, yeah. but it is it's a tough watch. So you kind of have to go in prepared for that if you if you are willing to watch it. Like I said, if, if you're looking for something light and entertaining, it's probably not going to be no, the movie yeah. for you. Um, this is you're right. This is the the massacre that automatically like just straight away change the gun laws in Australia mm-hmm. the next day. Um, yeah, I think I might stay away. But if people are interested, is this at um, Cinemas D or is it streaming? I believe it's in cinemas now. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think that it's showing in places like uh, certainly the Lighthouse anyway, possibly IFI as well. Um, so it is in cinemas, um, but uh, but I'd imagine it kind of will become available for streaming. That's the thing now. Movies seem to be out in yeah. cinemas for a few weeks and then they're going straight to streaming, like to the likes of like, you know, Marvel movies on Disney Plus and stuff like that. Um, so you might be able to get it on streaming if you can't quite handle it on the big screen. Do you remember it used to be six, six to 12 months before uh, a film went from, cinema to uh, DVDs. Do you remember the DVD yeah. store? Yeah. And now it is. It's like if you've missed it within the month, you've missed watching it on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. So you have to go check these movies right away. So as I recommend them to you, go yes. to see them in the cinemas <laughs> that weekend. That's the lesson here. <laughs> exactly. Dee, thanks a million for that. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for having me. Uh, still to come on the Bellissimo Files, we'll be catching up with comedian Michael Fry. Uh, if you do want some more info on what's out in movies, uh, this in movies in cinemas this weekend, tune in to We Love Movies with Gordon Hayden tomorrow from eight forty-five. The Bellissimo Files. Favorite things. Favorite things. One of my favorite things to do is laugh. Lots of laughs are guaranteed at the Paddy Power Comedy Festival, which is running at the Ivy Gardens from the 21st to the 24th of July. One of the comedians performing at it is Michael Fry. He joins me now to talk about the Comedy Festival and also share his favourite things. Michael, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me on. How are you feeling about performing at the Comedy Festival? Great. Um, A little bit nervous, I think. It's uh, one of the first gigs I've done where people aren't paying specifically to see me, as in I'm a support act for Tony Cantwell and Foil Arms and Hogs. So it's kind of a... Yeah, I'm looking forward to to performing in front of people who don't necessarily know me, which is lovely. Well, is the pressure a little bit off? Because, like, isn't it a nice surprise for someone who may not have necessarily paid to see you? But they go, oh, my God, this guy's actually funny. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. I mean, (laughs) I've only just started comedy, like, I or started uh, stand-up. I only started about two months ago when I've done maybe three gigs so far, and they've all been small, kind of, uh, maybe 65, 85 people, and it's all been my own fans or Killian Sunderman's fans uh, so it's kind of been like you know they're willing you to do well and it's like oh we're going to see him and support him and that kind of thing whereas like now I have to perform I have to do I have to do well you know <laughs> I'm not just going to get laughs because people like me you know so <laughs> Michael who are you looking forward to seeing because there's over 90 artists performing oh it's yeah I'm, I'm, I, it's amazing the lineup is so good um, yeah uh, Tommy Tiernan obviously because he's like the main guy the god I think. yeah yeah absolutely I'll see him live Um but also, like, some of my friends I haven't seen live before. So Sean Burke is performing at it. Uh, I haven't... I've worked with him a lot, but I've never actually seen his stand-up. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing what he does. And then I'm working with... I'm on with Shane Dan Byrne uh, with Foil Arms and Hog, and he's he's great. I've seen him once or twice before, uh, but I have always loved his stuff. So, um, yeah, kind of kind of the, the online set of comedians. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what we all do. We're, we're all excited about it. It is one of my favourite festivals. <laughs> but listen, Michael, we all think we know you, but we want to get to know you a little bit better through your favourite things. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? Uh, I've just finished The Sopranos. Um, Did you go back right back to the very beginning yeah I mean I've, I've never seen it before so I was a bit too young when it came out and everyone was like no it's the best TV show ever and I'm like yeah it is I'm sure it is and then I watched it I was like no everyone's absolutely correct what everyone says about it is is very much true do you have a favourite movie? I do. It's uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So I know that probably makes me sound like a big child, but um, yeah, it's it's beautifully animated and it's it's just such a good, such a good film. That because, took everyone by surprise, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. I think it did because it's not like the traditional Spider-Man story. It's a different Spider-Man and you're dealing with parallel universes and stuff, but the, the visual effects are absolutely stunning. Um, and I really, really can't wait for the sequel to that, you know? I'm a big like superhero kind of Marvel head you know but that is definitely my favorite one 
Favourite book? Uh, so I don't read. <laughs> I I studied languages in college and uh, I did like French and Spanish. And so whenever I read something, it was kind of, it was difficult because I wasn't reading my first language. So I just developed this hatred uh, for, for reading things. So I just don't. Would you do audiobooks? Because I know a lot of people mm. who don't read. And when I ask them this question, they're going, they say to me, I don't read. But... I do the audiobooks. I am currently listening to The Lord of the Rings on audiobooks. Um, okay, so there you go. It's good, like it's good, but I, it, it makes me fall asleep. So I'm getting getting bits of the story every so often, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the song that everyone should have on their pumped up playlist. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go, man. I feel like a woman by Shania Twain. Get out! I do but agree, I was, but I would not have said that. Because like sometimes if I'm like going for like a run or something like that, I'll start the playlist and you know those first open, let's go girls, and you just yeah. go for it, you know? Oh, you I go love for your it. run. I love it. Do you have a favorite album? Oh, I've been asked this question a lot recently and it changes really? every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say uh, and I did a podcast on this called My Favorite Album. It's LaRue by LaRue. So um back two thousand nine it was released and I think it was maybe the second album I ever bought before that but it was just that every song on it is a banger what podcast are you listening to right now so I've a, I've a few that I dip in and out of um, there's one I really like called Song Exploder where uh, they get artists to pull apart the songs that they've written and you see you know they, they isolate the sounds so you hear the drums or you hear like samples or you hear that kind of thing I really love that and then there's a comedy one called Wheel of Misfortune that Alison Spittle does uh, and it's very very funny it's, it's kind of just a breezy half hour where she gets comedians on or celebrities on to talk about embarrassing stories that have happened to them and it's hilarious I love it What app can't you live without? Google Maps <laughs> No I haven't got a bad sense direction I don't think but I just love seeing how long it takes to get places and seeing if I can beat that so I always I always open Google Maps yeah Michael it's not just me or or like looking up a random city in the world and being like how long would it take me to walk there and it's like three weeks or something and you're like cool <laughs> <laughs> never gonna do that but nice right. to know yeah, yeah, yeah nice to know <laughs> Uh, favorite account to follow on social media? Oh, uh, there's a great one called Reeling in the Weird on Instagram. And that has kind of old clips from like the RTE archives and stuff like that. And it's kind of just bizarre little news snippets from Ireland, uh, you know, way back when. And it's it's very funny. There's a really funny clip of uh, a guy in Belfast who owned a crocodile. And it's it's just pure comedy. There's like nothing you could write that would be better than it, but it's a genuine news story. So yeah, that that account, I think. And your favorite thing to do on a weekend? Uh sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to agree. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you can get it, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's not gonna be much sleep for you between the twenty first and the twenty fourth of July because the Paddy Power Comedy Festival is running at the Ivy Gardens and Michael, I'll be there to see you. Great. I'll be looking out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Cheers. It is so good to see all these festivals back and what better than a festival that makes you laugh. Welcome to the Bellissimo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up. Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favourite person, Serena. Serena! I'm ready for you to go ahead and take it away. This. This is the Bellissimo Files. It's the Bellissimo Files. On spin. And now, your host. Yeah. Yes, it's the Bellissimo Files with me, Serena. There's still lots to come in this final hour of the show. I'm going to be catching up with Wild Youth's Connor. He's going to be talking all things new music and their Eurovision dream. Yeah, you heard right. Let's find out what he wants to do with Eurovision, what the whole band wants to do with Eurovision next year. I'll also uh, have Aoife in to bring us up to speed with what's happening at Longitude. And up next, if you are a fan of Prime Video's the summer I turned pretty, you're not going to want to go away and miss this because Jenny Han, the writer of the books and also the showrunner of The Summer I Turned Pretty is going to be in talking all things season two. So let's get into this hour. Three, two, one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. You're listening to the Blissimo Files on Spin with me, Serena. Now, if you're a fan of Jenny Han, the author, you'll know that she is the successful author behind the To All the Boys I Loved uh, book series. It then turned into a movie, uh, a series of movies on Netflix. Well, now her hugely popular uh, series, uh, book series, The Summer I Turned Pretty, is now on Prime Video. 
I have to say, I was a bit sceptical going into this, going, oh, really, am I going to enjoy this? It's an inter, it's based on her books and it's about a multi-generational drama and it's, there's a love triangle, there's also stuff going on with their parents and I just went, oh, I don't know. Anyway, I started watching one episode and I went, I'll just watch a couple and then I'll watch a couple more tomorrow and then I'll watch a couple more after the interview. Yeah, I was up till half one. It is so, so good and there's talks of a season two, but I'm going to stop talking. Let's find out from Jenny Han what's happening with this series and with season two. Jenny Han, so cool to meet you. Thank you. Congrats on this. I don't know if you can see the bags under my eyes. (laughs) Jenny, I initially was going to watch two episodes last night, two episodes um, this morning, and then leave a couple for me to enjoy over the next week or so. Yeah, so I stayed up to 1.30 in the morning, binge watching all of it. Well, I'm so honoured by that. Thank you. It is so good. I know you're used to seeing your words come to life, but is it still so exciting when you do see your words come to life on screen? Yeah, it's it's very exciting. And this one is particularly special to me. So, yeah, I, I am both excited and um, nervous for everyone to see it. You may be a little bit nervous, but you have to be confident by the fact that Amazon have said to you before it even releases, hey, Jenny, how do you feel about making a season two? <laughs> I think that's the biggest um, vote of confidence. It's like, it's really incredible. I think they've only ever done that like one or two other times before so um that is super special because they didn't wait for it to come out and see how it did so does that mean you get to enjoy the launch or are you straight into season two before we've even been able to launch season one uh we've been into season two we've been working in the writer's room um secretly for a little while now and then we're gonna start production soon so yeah it's, it's all sort of happening at the same time I am so excited, but let's uh, let's go back to season one before we start getting excited about season two. For fans of the book, how different is the TV series to the book? To me, it's not that different. I think, um, but the fans are um, such like eagle-eyed viewers, and they remember things, and they remember better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. Um, but rest assured to the fans, I was reading and rereading and everybody was um, reading those books and trying to really distill what about them people um, were drawn to and make sure that we had it for the show. Because to me, the most important thing was the spirit of the show, of the books in the show. In this, Conrad says to Belly, Belly, you don't know the effect you have on people. Jenny, when you started writing all those years ago, did you ever know the effect and impact you'd have on people's lives? And I'm not only just talking about your readers, I'm talking about people working behind the scenes to make this, the actors that you're giving big breaks to. Like, how does that feel? Oh, it's really humbling. That, and that feeling, the first time I walked on to the Twelve the Boys set, I really was like struck with the amazement that all these people were choosing to work on my story that I thought up in my head. And, you know, like everyone is busy. Everybody has all these different gifts and talents. And the fact that they gave them to, you know, my story was was really humbling. With this one, you not only decided to be, you know, a consultant, you decided to be a co-showrunner. And you've said it was a baptism of fire. So what was that whole experience like? I really did jump in the deep end. Um, I had no TV experience. I I did get experience on the films um, for To All the Boys, but I had never been in a TV writer's room before. I had never um, done anything in TV. And so I learned a lot and I had really great partners um, who were, you know, helping me and were like really great support systems. What was the most surprising thing for you? I think the most surprising part of TV is how um, it is very much all-consuming. Um, you know, it's not just the, like, production hours, but it's, like, sort of every piece. It's a long process that goes from writing it then to making it and then to, you know, editing it. Um, it's many months. So, like, you have to really love TV, and I, I do love TV in order to um, to do it because it does sort of take over your life. Well, I'm glad you're letting it happen to you again. Cannot wait for season two, but in the meantime, we can all enjoy season one. Congratulations, Jenny. So much. The Summer I Turn Pretty is streaming now on Prime Video. Up next on the Bellissimo Files, find out who's going to Casa and Mall. Break it down. The Bellissimo Files. What did I miss? 
me in studio now is one of my favourites, producer Aoife. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited. There's so much going on at the moment, especially in the music world. There really is. And in fairness, you've been like my go-to person when it comes to Glastonbury to tell me what's happening and when. So I think the world needs to hear this because I couldn't believe this happened. Neither could I. So I love, you know, people getting sneaky pics of who's there. And there seemed to be everyone at Glastonbury. But I saw a pic online of Niall Horan. That's not a surprise that he's at Glastonbury checking out the axe. Do you know who was a surprise? Louis Tomlinson. Oh. They were there They together. had a little reunion. They did. They That's did. That's very cute. They did. But, you know, Glastonbury wasn't the only place where the stars were out, Aoife. Adele, I wish if I could go to any gig. And there's been, you know what, in fairness, there's been a lot of gigs on lately. You and I were at Olivia Rodrigo. How amazing was she? Oh, my God. Incredible. Oh, my gosh. And the, I've never, like, we've been to so many gigs. Yeah. And, you know, the, the audience, we, we say it time and time again, there's no audience like the Dublin crowd. But, oh, my, I've never been in a crowd like that before. It was, it's the first time I've been at a gig with, like, a proper fandom in a yeah. very long time. Like, I... I couldn't hear Olivia for the noise of the fans. They were literally like the the singing was next level. It was electrifying, yeah. wasn't it? And anyway, there's lots and lots of gigs on at the moment, but the one that I really would have loved to have been at as well is Hyde Park, Adele. Yes. She is back. Um, she played a two-hour set in front of 65,000 fans, including... 65? Like, yeah, yeah. 65,000. 65, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says, like, before she goes on stage, she gets really nervous. Wow. Can you imagine going out on stage to <laughs> 65,000 people? Also knowing the like uh, that the likes of Tom Cruise, James Gordon, um, Nick Grimshaw, they're all there, and... Her son was there as well. Aww. She mentioned him. This is what I love about Adele as well. There's no, you know, you go to all these gigs and there's all this fancy stuff going on to, you know, amp yeah. up the gig. She didn't need any of that. She had a six-piece band. She had her three backup singers and she went out there. She was chatting to the band. I loved during Skyfall. She saw, like Harry Styles did a couple of weeks ago, she saw that there was something going on in the crowd. She stopped singing during Skyfall wow. and said, can you please attend to this person? And she made Made sure that the audience member was fine and then kept going. That's become quite a thing, hasn't yeah. it? Actually, Olivia did that on Thursday night as well in um, Fairview Park. And I, I wonder, is it is there like a big sense of responsibility on these acts that they are genuinely worried about their fans and if anything happens at their concerts, you know? Yeah, now I can totally understand that, yeah. but it did. It looked amazing. And then she was going to do what a lot of people have been doing this weekend. She was going home to watch Stranger Things. <laughs> which I can't wait to do later if you missed that as well actually the final episodes dropped yesterday they I did. cannot wait Movie to watch length them. episodes Aoife like two and a yeah. half hours each and if you missed the interviews with the cast that we had on go over to our website spin1038.com and watch those maybe in between the two movie length episodes yeah, that's it that's it <laughs> now I I actually feel like I had a really good prediction last week Jeremy. what did I miss I oh, was yeah. like I think we're getting Casa Amor really really soon I was only off by a week. Last night it was revealed on Love Island the girls are headed off to Casa Amor. They were told they were going on a girls' night out, but they actually were brought to the other villa. And we have another Irish person going in. Not which just is any Irish person. Not just any either. Irish person. <laughs> I can't believe this is a thing. So I suppose for a bit of context, Gemma Owens is in the villa. Her dad is Michael Owens. So there's a whole kind of like famous dad thing going on. Yep. So one of the boys that's in Casa Amor is none other than Ronan Keating's son. No way. I know. Is he going, he's going in this weekend, isn't he? Yes. So he should, obviously the episodes don't happen on um, a Saturday night, but they're, um, they're, he'll be in on Sunday, I believe. And we haven't actually got the full reveal of um, who all of the girls will be yet. It's kind of being teased out on social media, but they weren't shown as much as the boys. So um, yeah, I cannot wait. So it's Jack, he's 23. He looks very Irish to me. Like he's very, um, he has that kind of like cheeky lad thing about him, I yeah. think, which um, well, might, might be a nice thing to shake up the villa. I wonder, will they do what Michael Owen's daughter has done and not say anything? This is what I was thinking yeah. too, yeah. And I don't know if that's a contractual thing that they're not allowed to say it in the show who they are related to. Maybe there's some clause behind it. But Unless they get asked. Yeah. 
Now he does look a bit like his dad, so he might be caught out quicker than she is. Yeah, and and um, Ronan Caden's posted that he's buzzing to yeah. see him in there. Oh, I know, he loved it. He commented on his Instagram post saying, go on, son. <laughs> so Irish as well. We'll all be watching on Sunday night. And as usual, check out our, spo- our socials during the week because Tara has everything you've missed yes. up there during the week. Um, Aoife. The Boost My Fall single of the week. What's happening? Wait till you hear what I have for you this <laughs> okay, week. Okay, what do you have? We've got, the, are you ready for this list? We've got Cardi B. We've got Dermot Kennedy. We've got Charlie XCX and Tiesto and a big bang, bang and dance track. It's probably one of the most banging tracks I've brought you in a, quite a while. I'm very, very excited to play it. I so cannot wait. We are going to be putting Cardi B and Dermot Kennedy up against each other. An unfair choice, I know. But <laughs> head over to our socials at officialspin when it's great and take the poll over there and you can have your vote. Wild Youth recently opened for Lewis Capaldi. They've just released their latest single, Live Without You, and they've also put their names forward to represent Ireland at next year's Eurovision. Connor O'Donoghue joins me now to chat all about this and lots more. Connor, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been a full-on couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, it's great, though. I I think after the last two years, we'll never complain. We're just so grateful to be back playing shows and doing what we love doing and putting out music and getting to see crowds again and it's amazing. Because how cool is it to actually get to put out music and then play it and see the crowd's reaction? Because during the pandemic, music was being put out, but you couldn't actually feel what people were, how people were receiving it. Yeah, that's the thing. It was like, because we put an EP out during the pandemic, um, which, you know, we love doing, but it's, it's we've always loved even before we released music, playing it live and getting a gauge on certain songs, the crowds reacting. So it was unusual for us, but even as well as like releasing like Live Without You Now and those songs is kind of the first time we've ever played them as well, even though we released that EP a year ago. So it's amazing. It's like half of the set. It's like it's it's all totally fresh and uh, getting to see crowds reacting and everything is amazing. And there's a lot of playing live. Uh, you recently supported Lewis Capaldi. What was that like? It was amazing, yeah. I mean, we've done some shows. We did a tour a couple of months ago, um, which we had kind of put on sale during the pandemic. And that was amazing. But I suppose it was like a betting in process a little bit where you're getting used to playing live again. So we feel like we're back in the swing of things. And to play those shows in front of those crowds was absolutely incredible. He's obviously such an amazing guy. And yeah, it was it was really special. I love Live Without You. Tell me about this new single. Oh, thank you so much, Percy. Um I'm basically a massive overthinker and I like I, I really struggle with my ADD and it's like so basically your mind is constantly overactive, either in a good way or a bad way. And I remember I woke up one morning and obviously I've got a girlfriend now and you know I'm very in love. But it was like I woke up one morning and I just had these these kind of these fears in my head for no reason whatsoever. I was like, imagine if she just didn't want to be with me anymore. Or like I'm, so it was like all the things that I would really miss and how I would hate to live without this person in my life. So yeah, that's kind of the premise of what the song is about. How did she feel when she first heard the song? She was like, You're crazy, I'm never gonna leave you. <laughs> I was like, well, tell my mind that. I think it was Ed who put up on his Instagram a video of his family with this song and then there was writing over it saying, sometimes with this job, you don't get to be around as much as you'd like. Yeah. How do you cope with that part of the job? Because, yeah, you guys are living your dream right now, getting to go out there, perform, make music. But then there's a part of you that you do have to leave behind. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just kind of part of the job. I think it's, you know... It's obviously hard sometimes when you don't get to see your girlfriends, your family a lot, and that can be tricky. But we're very lucky that we're such a close group that it's like we're like a family when we're together as well. So it's like, you know, and girlfriends and stuff come and fly in and like come to shows and everything. So, yeah, it's like for the last, for all the Lewis Capaldi shows and everything, like all our girlfriends were with us. So it's just like a giant family. So it's lovely. One of your tweets at the start of the month, said people wild. You put up a tweet going, can I write the Eurovision song for 2023? And can Wild Youth perform, please? Tell me about that. Yeah, it's something 
I've always thought about. Honestly, as like when I was like a kid, I remember like one of the first albums I was given, my granny bought me like Mickey Joe Hart's album after he'd done. And I think my next birthday, I got like a green guitar. I think it's fun. I think, I personally think we would suit it. I think it would be good. And I always wanted to write a song for Eurovision. So I was like, I just kind of woke up one morning and I tweeted saying that I would love to write the song and I would love to do it. There's never been a band to represent Ireland. I'd never thought of that. So maybe that's what we need. I just think it would be such a cool thing to do and I think it would be amazing and I would love to write this song and I'd love to be a part of it. Have you thought about what type of song you'd write? Like, would you write it anyway and then just put it forward? Maybe, yeah. I think I would love to write it for us to perform it. I think that would definitely be very special for me. Um, I do toy around with the ideas of like what kind of way the song will be, but it's very hard to commit to trying to write something unless you've been asked to do it. So we just have to wait and see. This summer is a busy one for you. We were talking about you um, opening for Lewis Capaldi. You're also supporting Westlife. That is huge. Yeah, uh, we're actually, we can't wait. We supported them before in Crow Park. We did two nights and thankfully we must have done an okay job because they've asked us to support them again. Those shows are amazing and Westlife crowds are amazing and they're so lovely. And obviously just to be given the opportunity, being from Ireland, to play those venues that they play and support them is like a dream come true. So we're absolutely delighted and we can't wait to do it. I feel really silly asking this because you guys are so, so busy. But what's next for you guys? We have some festivals coming up in July and then obviously with the Westlife support and then we've more that we're going to be announcing very soon towards the latter half of the summer. And we just want to bring out as much music and this summer. Well, Connor, I'm genuinely so thrilled for you because myself and my producer, Aoife, get so excited anytime you guys release new music. And it's so good to see you guys going from strength to strength. Thank you so much. Connor, before I let you go, we've been talking about the single, which I absolutely love. Will you introduce it for us? Yeah. Hello, this is Connor from Wild Youth, and this is our new single, Live Without You, on the Bellissimo Files. I overthink the small things, like where I go to eat and what our friends think. This is a new music spotlight on the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. Back in studio with me now is Aoife, and Aoife, I know we say this every week, but this week, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, some of these, like, there's big, big names in this week. Yeah, it's Some weeks huge. ago, and it's like a struggle to find something from, you know, the most current artists. Then weeks come along. It's like they all plan to release them at the same time. It always blows my mind. So, first up, to blow your mind, there's a new song out from Cardi B, Kanye West, and Lil Durk. What? It is called Hotch, because I can't say the full name. <laughs> I got plenty cars, I hit plenty stars and then it I said it plenty times, plenty times, I ain't pay for none. You think I'm finna leave my for you? She future too. I know that Vaughn hit her, she put up on my block and Jimmy Choo. Schmirt. Ooh, ooh, checks coming fast, not like swoo, 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 ooh. Give him to them straight, honey proof. I thought I thought that before it must be deja vu. It's either that or I'm doesn't matter what you think. You're all bouncing along to this, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, and I would always be someone who would say, and I know this is very controversial, I'm not a big Cardi B fan, but the beats in her songs are always incredible. That's the first song she's actually brought out this year, which I didn't realise. I is thought we'd really? heard from her recently, yeah. So fans are getting very excited because they think that might mean that she will release an album at some point this year. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a listen. I might like it. <laughs> <laughs> you that, won't be able to help yourself either. No. <laughs> that is up for your Bellissimo Files track of the week. Now I know you're all going to love this next one. Brand new single from Derma Kennedy. It's called Son or Dreamer. <laughs> I can't promise easy days And I can't keep the rain away And got a song to sing without your loving Isn't that worth I'll try to learn from my mistakes Ain't got a song to sing without your loving Yeah, isn't that worth something? Uh, 
Dermot, don't stop. That I know. Vo- his voice. His voice is incredible. And what I actually nearly did there when I was introducing it, I nearly called it by his new album name. He's also announced a new album. It's called Sonder. It's going to be coming um, in September, I believe. I'm really excited for that. I love, love, love his last album. And also, I'm really loving the press shots that come with it. He has purple hair. I love it. Really cool. Like yeah. lilac coloured hair. I'm loving it. I was wondering what Sonder meant. Because it actually means something. I it thought does, it, it yeah. was just. Okay, do, do you want me to tell you what I really thought? <laughs> Go on. I thought it was a slang term for sounder. <laughs> <laughs> like an Irish. <laughs> but no, it's like it's the profound fit. Now, obviously, I'm reading this. I do not know this from the top of my head. It's the profound feeling of realizing that everyone, including strangers passing in the street, has a life as complex as one's own, which they are constantly living despite one's personal lack of awareness. And he said the meaning behind this yeah. has really resonated with so him. So that word is a made up word. And it's made it by an author who created a book of words for things you don't know how to explain. I love that even more. Yeah. I can't wait for this album. <laughs> Cannot wait. So that Dermot Kennedy, Cardi B, Kanye West and Lil Durk, what a lineup! all of your Bellissimo Files track of the week. Uh, you can have your vote on that while we take a listen to this new one from Tiesto and Charlie XCX. It is called Hot In It. Okay, you know I like the the other two, but you're not going to be surprised to hear that's my favourite. I know, I know. Another sneaky dance track, as always. In fairness, I love the dance track. That dance music is so mainstream now. I can sneak it into Music yeah. Fix all the time. That is from Tiesto, Charlie XCX, and Tiesto said it's off his album, which will be dropping later this year too. So cannot wait to hear the rest of that if it sounds anything like that. Me too. But talking about dance, time for this. Come on, are you ready? dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> What have you got for us, Aoife? Oh, I am so excited about this one. I haven't brought something this heavy to the show in quite a long time. Um, This is from a DJ called Fred again, who I am a huge, huge fan of. Anyway, he's teamed up with Fortet for this, and it is called Jungle. Sorry, you caught me unaware because I was just... I, can, I didn't want that to stop. You can see what I mean, though. Like, it is heavy. So good. If that is tickling your fancy, make sure you go listen to the whole track because it's one of those tracks that, like, starts really quiet and then it goes into that big bang and stuff and then it goes really quiet again. So if you're a bit of a music nerd, I think you'll love it. That has actually put me into my uh, holiday mode. Two great tracks there to kick off your weekend. So, so good. Like, I, as soon as we finish, I'm going and putting that on. <laughs> and I, as I put my out-of-office on, that will be playing in the background. But Aoife, that is not our Bliss My Files single of the week. No. What is? I'm so happy you voted for this one. This is the brand new one from Dermot Kennedy. It is called Dreamer on the Bellissimo Files. It is, Dermot. And that was Felicity <laughs> Files single of the week. You voted for it. The new one from Dermot Kennedy, Dreamer. I love, do you know what I love about Dermot Kennedy? That he himself was and still is a dreamer to think, like, I know everybody yeah. knows the story, but Aoife, he started on Grafton Street busking. I know. And he's flying around the world, getting caught in flight delays, just like <laughs> all of us are. But he's flying around the world, living his dream. Do you know what I love about him? Yes, I'm going to get gushy and sentimental and corny, but he is appreciating every single step of it. Yeah, and I think he really appreciated all the shows he did here recently as well. Nine sold-out shows across Ireland, I believe. 110,000 tickets I'm reading here. I'm, Crazy amount of numbers. I'm raging. We didn't get to that. We'll get I to know. his next show. Yeah, we Eva. will. Yeah, yeah, hopefully he'll tour the album. Yeah, if you missed <laughs> any of today's show, you can catch it back up on our podcast. The podcast will be out in 10 minutes' time. Let's like, just give us some time. Um, <laughs> there's chats with Steve Corral, Jenny Han, uh, Conor O'Donoghue from Wild Youth. Eva and I 
are off. Um, actually, Aoife, I'll be off next week too. So will you. We're yeah. off for the week. We're Tara, off. Tara will be in for us, but we'll be back the following week with Dakota Johnson. Enjoy what's left of the weekend. Aoife, enjoy your week off. You too. And we will catch you next week. Up next, it's Jess. Bye.